You're listening to Inside Acting. To find out more and make a donation, visit InsideActingPodcast.com. Hello and welcome to episode 103 of Inside Acting. My name is Trevor Elgott. And I'm AJ Meyer. And on this podcast, we interview actors and writers and voiceover artists and personal finance gurus and life coaches and casting directors and producers and anybody at all involved in any way with the entertainment industry. And then we package those interviews up into this podcast with us kind of giving our two cents on how everything works uh, before and after. And then we stick it out on the web as a free MP3 file for you, lovely people. Yay! I did it. That was, the that was take three of our <laughs> intro. And of course, uh, uh, we are just two jerks with an online radio show. So it's true, <laughs> folks. You, it's true. If you uh, if you disagree, agree, would like to add anything, your two cents, have a question, have something you want to uh, bring to the podcast, like a listener pick of the week, you know where to find us. You can do so by starting at our website, Inside Acting Podcast. That's right. And on today's episode, we have the third and final, so sad, third and final part of our chat with Ace Marrero, who is a producer, actor, uh, and he's a good friend of the podcast, and he's just been able to create some awesome stuff in his career over the past few years. So stick around for that. One oh three, one oh three. It does kind of sound like we have a speech impediment. It does <laughs> sound like kid president. <laughs> Not cool, Robert Frost. <laughs> um, that gets me every time. It's so funny. Yeah. Uh, hello, sir. Hey, dude. Um, first things first. Uh, we're not going to get a chance to uh, play his voicemail due to time, but we did want to acknowledge a very nice acknowledgement from uh mr Dwayne robinson out from detroit i think he's going to yeah university of michigan or yeah i think michigan so. state yeah he called us uh we gotta ago. get that right because that's a big rivalry <laughs> it's like ucla usc <laughs> Is it really yeah dude if i was like okay. university of michigan and he was at michigan state we might get death threats wow there's a lot of people listening and calling in from the Midwest lately. It's it's, it's yeah, very it's cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, and Dwayne, thanks so much for calling, man. I mean, it was it's always nice to get those warm fuzzies. So, so thank you very much. <laughs> I love that we've labeled them all warm fuzzies. Warm, I've actually got a, per, a personal file folder in my little like banker's box file box thing mm-hmm. that's labeled warm fuzzies. And actually, every time I get like a nice piece of acknowledgement or somebody writes me a nice note or whatever, or if I remember a compliment that somebody gave me, I'll write it down on an index card and just drop it in there. And if I'm having a shitty day, I'll actually open up that folder and just remind myself that, hey, Trev, you are kind of an epic guy. So that's amazing. Go. Yeah. How have you never talked about this on the podcast before? I don't know. Okay. Homework (laughs) assignment. Ding. Make your warm fuzzies folder. Make your warm fuzzies folder or shoebox. Oh, we got to bring back the homework. For a while, we were we were we doing did. that. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, there it is. We, we, we start things, and then we forget them. See, yeah. we're bad at this, guys. We're bad at this. Thanks for listening. Um. <laughs> so, uh, uh, you got a lot going on this week, man. 
you had a lot going on this past week, I should say. Well, last week was my birthday, which uh, I'm going to go ahead and, and play victim to my birthday and say that that's why we didn't get an episode out last week. Uh, there was a lot of circumstances. <laughs> there was a lot yeah. of circumstances, but that was definitely one of them. I ended up, yeah, just taking a couple days for myself, spending time with friends and family. Um, very cool. Thank you for the birthday wishes. Gosh, my sister gave me this beautiful... I should have brought it so I could show you, actually. This beautiful, like, hand-carved out of wood, like, little statue thingy that was... It's called Brother and Sister, and it's like a little boy and a little girl. Uh, well, teenage boy and teenage girl looking. Um, on. The, it's, like, hand-carved. It's, like, wow. beautiful. I was like, wow, what a beautiful... Like, I can't wait to, like, put it up and, like, have that symbolize my relationship with my sister. Wow. Very heartwarming i don't know why i just immediately decided to share that story it was probably one of the coolest gifts that i got that's very cool um so that was cool um so yeah celebrated my birthday last week the show is still running um how's it going uh well it's going well we're not extending unfortunately but um uh we've had some interesting industry people come to see it some casting assistants that kind of thing which is always good news and we're still getting good feedback on the show, uh, I think I mentioned we got Critics' Choice the only yeah. time. You guys have been getting great reviews. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, the ones I've seen. There's been some uh, some mediocre and some where we just got totally panned. But the Boston Court is, uh, you know, they do they it's in their mission statement. They do work that they say they want to challenge both audiences and artists. Mm-hmm. You can't do that and expect to be <clears throat> getting rave reviews across the across the, across board. the board. Yeah. Um, they they have this great philosophy there about reviews. They do work for the public, so in return, the public gets to comment. Hmm. Which I thought was an interesting it's way. A to, little to, bit of a noodle bake. I like that. It's an interesting way yeah. to look at you know reviews. So yeah, um, got that going on. And then I I also just auditioned for them again. this morning, right? Yeah, this morning. So no, this no, is no. like your third or fourth audition in the past six months or so with them. Yeah. Although I've been auditioning for them since I graduated from UCLA. I got close a couple of times, had multiple callbacks, things like that, and just uh, haven't been cast there. And now that, you know, I did the understudy thing and then I did uh, American Misfit, it's, it's, you know, I have an established presence there, an established relationship. It's good. It's good. Awesome. Um, the other crazy story, though, that I must tell <clears throat> is I went out for this independent... I'm, I, I'm not going to mention any names because the writing on this particular project was really bad. But it was an independent feature. It was the kind of thing where, like, I had to take my shirt off in the audition and, like, you know, craziest thing. So got great feedback. The, the producer in the room was like, uh, you know, you look like my guy, you know, plus you're a great actor. I want to give you the best shot at this as possible. Um, so he, like, added a line to make it funnier and... It was really cool. He said, he looked at my resume. He's like, a lot of theater, huh? And I was like, yeah, totally unapologetic. He goes, why? (laughs) Why? Yeah. He said, why? I said, um, I just have got, that's where the majority of my professional opportunities have come. And I love it. Good response. That's what I told him. I said, the majority of my professional opportunities have come in the form of theater and I love it. And he goes, that's good or you know good reason as good as good a reason as any and then when i finished my audition he literally like kind of like threw up his hands and was like the power of theater everyone like to the room wow so you know some good acknowledgement but what taking it one step further this has never happened before and it's actually kind of i don't want to say unprofessional but it's not precedented 
the casting director was like, what are you doing tomorrow? And I said, well, it's my birthday, but I don't really have any plans because I didn't during the day. And he goes, well, uh, happy birthday. And now you do. And he picks up his phone and starts, you know, diddling with his phone. And I was just like, can I, should I go? Like, what am I doing? Like, it was really, this really awkward pause. And, um, he goes, oh, I'm just calling your agent right now. Okay. Uh, okay. What's ha- Like, what's happening? And uh, it turns out he was calling me in for a project the next day, a di- different project. Wow. The next day. He was like, you look like, you know, a guy who, you know, you look like you could play this part and this other thing I'm working on. I want to bring you in tomorrow. How oh, great. <clears throat> the main reason I want to tell this story, when I originally saw the material, I thought, this is crap, but I'm going to go. And the fact that I got called in for a different project the next day, another independent feature with, it was uh, slightly better writing. Uh-huh. Um, you know, it was just the kind of, it was just the kind of thing of, you know, <clears throat> Ben and I were talking about it. He said, so many actors, when they see that kind of thing, they're like, oh, they have a shitty attitude about it. They're like, oh, it's beneath me. And like, this is shit writing and this project and blah, blah, blah. And so they either don't go or they go and they have a shitty attitude. And that comes out in the, in the audition and comes across the people that you're auditioning for. And I didn't, I just went, I was just like, look, it's another opportunity. It's another opportunity to be seen. It's a gig. It's a whatever. And I went in, you know, fully intending to book the job and book the office, make friends. And I did. Uh-huh. And that guy casts a lot of independent. He casts this kind of stuff all the time, awesome. you know. And it's just a way of building a a, a career. Yeah, work, so work begets work. Yeah, and you got to go out there and expose yourself to get the work. So exactamundo. So well done, man. Anyway, congratulations again. You're you've always got so much cool news every week. Things you are going. With, uh, things are going pretty pretty well. Sweet. We should move on to... We should. We've got uh, one voicemail... I'm sorry, one email and two voicemails kind of planned here. So let's see how much we can squeeze in in the next uh, 10, 12, 15 minutes here. <laughs> so uh, the first the first is an email. And this is kind of cool how these this email and then the, the voicemail that's going to follow it kind of play out. Um, this email comes from a guy named Jerry, I believe. I believe I'm saying his name correctly. And a few episodes ago, maybe more than a few episodes, we had a, a kind of a conversation go over um, the course of a few episodes about what it is to be gay in the industry and whether or not it matters and what kind of obstacles um, people have come up against or obstacles that they thought they might that they just didn't. Was it an issue or was it a non-issue, basically? And uh, Jerry writes in and just wanted to share his personal experience. And I thought it was so great that I wanted to share this on the show as well. And he says... Being gay, in his experience, actually hasn't mattered in this industry. Your suspicion that casting directors won't care has absolutely been my experience. If I bring the character they want, I get cast. I've never received hate mail or my feedback or, or any feedback or critiques that indicate my performance has suffered because I'm gay. He says the only place it's ever come up with come up is with my onstage and onscreen wives and girlfriends. Everyone has admitted to a greater level of comfort because they feel I'm not in it for any sexual reasons. That may sound odd or like an insult to straight guys, but I don't think it is. My armchair analysis is that I think it has to do with the minds of the actors involved. Amen, Jerry. Uh, Romantic scenes are tricky until you find the professional ground that lets you be the character. I think my sexuality has helped my scene partners reach that professional place faster 
and then open up in character because they're certain I, the guy, won't be judging them as a real life woman. Uh, and then he says, you know, basically I'm not an, I'm an actor, not a therapist. Um, maybe I'm, maybe they're comfortable because I'm a geek and make them laugh. Uh, maybe things will change when I get to LA. I'm not really sure, but so far this has been, uh, my experience. Nobody cares. And I just wanted to kind of relay that to our audience. Cause that was, I, one thing that I'm, would be curious to hear about is if Jerry had any experiences with male actors who were straight, where there might have been a romantic relationship involved and how that was, uh, affected the, the work, if at all. Cause when I was in school, just to kind of relay a personal story, my sophomore year, I did a show called the sum of us. They made a great movie out of it with Russell Crowe. And, uh, and the main character is, is gay. And there's a lot of like makeout scenes and stuff in the play. And he's always, he's all about this new guy that he meets. And, uh, and in the show, I had like full on makeout scenes with uh, another actor and that actor in real life was gay and I'm straight. And it was such an interesting experience to kind of navigate those waters in the context of this greater piece of art. Hmm. So I'd love to hear Jerry's experience if he's had anything like that as well. Uh, and then of course, listeners experience, if you've had anything, uh, in this vein that has been good or bad or just a non-issue again, please uh, write in and let us know. <laughs> I just, I, I got a smirk on my, I don't know. I, I, I know you caught me, but I just got a little <laughs> smirk on my face. Cause I am remembering that you and I have had. Oh my God. That's kiss. right. That's right. <laughs> and we have too. Ah, I forgot about that. <laughs> there is a Facebook photo you, floating you, out around you often there. forget about that. I do. <laughs> yeah. No, it's just such a great follow up to what we were talking about. I think it's interesting that he's in, the, you know, I don't want to make stuff up about, this area, I've never lived or been to Wisconsin, but <clears throat> I wonder if it's more conservative there. And if it is, then that's really interesting that it, he finds it to be no problem whatsoever if it is uh, more conservative there than it is out here. And then I wonder, well, uh, it may be less conservative out here, but uh, are they con- more concerned about type out here? Which goes back to what the original yeah. listener who was calling, who is it that was calling in? Was it Mike? I think yeah. Who was calling in? He was talking about like um, what he said was he he found himself suppressing what he thought were feminine traits about himself. Right, right. And so I wonder if casting directors, uh, producers, directors at all pick up on that as like a type. Do you know yeah, what I mean? And if yeah. it affects it, if it affects the way you type. When you go out for auditions here, it's just, it's an interesting um, conversation. That is fascinating. And then it stands yeah. in contrast with this voicemail that we got a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. which, uh, do you want to play? Yeah. Do you want to play yeah. that oh, now have, or do you want to continue here? talking about the email? Let's, uh, <clears throat> yeah, let's play the voicemail. Um, yeah. So uh, you guys were talking, this is probably years ago or whatever, but you guys were talking about uh, like what to do in uncomfortable uh, like sex scenes and stuff like that. And I have a story about that. I was doing a feature, an independent feature film here. Um, and I had a pretty small part, but it was kind of an important one where I come in uh, in the last third of the film and I'm the boyfriend of the, of the main character. And there's a, a sex scene where there's no nudity, um, covered in the sheet kind of thing where like, I guess I don't have to really go into detail, but no nudity, it was pretty simple, didn't need much, they needed like uh, maybe five seconds or something, or, or five to ten seconds of footage, and uh, it, 
again, it was like a closed set, so there was the director, the uh, guy operating a camera, and like a sound engineer, that was it. Everybody else was out, and uh, the girl was so cripplingly uncomfortable, mm. and I was, I was fine, like, I was cool with it, but and I kept telling her, like, is there anything I can do like, to make you more comfortable? I was totally professional about it. Everybody was so professional, but this girl was so uncomfortable that she kept stopping the scene and asking the director to go out in the hall. And I don't know what was going on out there. I guess she was saying, what do you want me to do? She, it was the most uncomfortable thing I've ever been a part of. And uh, she stopped it maybe like four or five times. Um, and then when whenever we were actually shooting, she would like go for about like uh, a minute. Like she, we would roll for like a, or not a minute, like a second. And then or like a second or two, and then she would like stop it. It was so weird. And my advice is that just get that shit worked out ahead of time because otherwise it's just the most uncomfortable thing ever. Just mm -hmm. talk to the director, figure out what's going to happen in the scene, figure out whether or not you're comfortable with it, and then agree to it. Don't agree to something if you're not a, if you're not comfortable because that was just brutal. Wow. Well, jeez. Uh, Thanks for the uh, for the voicemail. Uh, I know that kind of plays off what we were just talking about pretty nicely, but. Uh, have you ever experienced anything like that, AJ? I, I haven't really done many. I've, I don't, I've never done anything remotely like a sex scene. I know you've had a couple of experiences with that. Um, I've had uh, onstage kisses, on-screen kisses, that kind of thing, but it's never, ever, ever been an issue. It was always just super perfect. I mean, I've been, I've been in aw <clears throat> awkward situations where, like, the actress that was playing opposite of was dating the director that was directing us. And like the director was actually kind of cool about like he was laughing and like it was, it just, it was like a joke and we were all friends. So not a big deal, but something tells me the thing I wanted to say about the voicemail is something tells me that even if he was gay, I think she would still have been weird about it. Mm, Do you know what yeah, I mean? Like if yeah. we're talking about this in the context of the email and, and sort or sort of juxtaposing this with the email that we just read, like something tells me that if it wouldn't have mattered that she was just uncomfortable with it in general. Yeah. And honestly, the responsibility in that case, I think lies with the director. He should have had, I mean, I don't know, maybe he did and it didn't help, but he should have had some kind of meeting with her and or him her by herself and the two of them in a separate meeting, something like that to kind of get everybody on the same page, everybody comfortable. And then <clears throat> you can, you know, knock it out in one, two takes, and then it's just not a deal anymore. You move on. Right. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that sucks, sir, that you <laughs> had to, you know, deal with this for a day yeah. on set. But, um, but, you know, your advice is solid. Work, what did he work say? That out work that in, shit yeah, out in advance. in advance. Yeah. You know, I, every time that I'm confronted with a scene like this or a situation, sometimes it's in, a, it's in the audition room. So it's like I'm just meeting this person for the first time and we're instructed to like make out like you're drunk at a party. It, the, the conversation I always have is, okay, <laughs> sit down with the actress and I sit down with her like kind of usually like away from other people and I say, what are you comfortable with? What are you not comfortable with? Like, tell me what's tell me like what the boundaries are. And then, and then we have that conversation and basically we do it for, you know, we do it for each other. Like my boundaries are this, this, and this, 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 and this. And usually to put her at ease. And this, this is just kind of the way I am. I'm usually like, 
I'm pretty cool with whatever, as long as it's like selling it to the camera, like it's selling the story, like just go, go to town, like whatever, whatever. And usually that, that tends to alleviate, I find that alleviates her fear that I've got some weird design on, on the, the issue. Cause I think a lot of people do fear that sometimes with these scenarios. They're yeah. like, just like Jerry was saying yeah. in his email. Um, so, so that's usually how I handle it is I just sit down and say, I want to be as professional as possible. The one thing that also just came up for me when, when it always sounds like us men are the ones that have to do the tiptoeing and the sort of placating. <clears throat> and I just want to, I just want to at least bring up the fact that this should not be a one-sided thing. Like, it's unfortunate that we live in a society where women may or may not be automatically fearful of the guy having ulterior motives or an ulterior design, but the responsibility lies with both actors. Yeah. And I don't think, I think that in speaking to the men out there, be professional, obviously, but don't feel like you're automatically in the wrong because of what society, because of the sort of misogynist, mm-hmm. you know, leaning society that we live in. Mm-hmm. And for women, um, you know, do your best to not automatically see the see your scene partner as some kind of predator or yeah. something like that. Like, you know, be in it with them because chances are they're just as uncomfortable as you are. Mm-hmm. Most, you know, I find that, you know, most people are pretty professional about this kind of thing. And so it's like, if you just kind of train the people around you to treat you as a professional, uh, then it's, it'll kind of work itself out most of the time. I don't know. Is that a really vague thing to say? Um, no, because one of the things that I appreciated you saying was, and you could you could even say this, put these exact words on it to your scene partners. Look, my interest is in telling the best story. Mm-hmm. So how can we accomplish that together? Yeah, amen. I love the theme of this kind of second chunk here of this. Yeah, of this, of really this interesting. Episode. Yeah. So uh, yeah, and I'd love give to us hear- your two. Yeah, your two cents. Yeah, our, our listeners, you are uh, just as much as we are out there in the trenches and, and maybe some of you have experience with this kind of thing or have had awkward sex scenes have, have tips for making it less awkward. Um, or, you know, if we, um, if anybody wants to continue or add their two cents into the, um, uh, homosexuality conversation we've been having over the last couple of months, which has been really fascinating. And, and, um, I love that we're, we're talking about it. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I'd love to hear from our listeners on that. So I think that about does it for the first chunk here of this episode. Yeah, let's roll roll into Ace's interview. Yeah, so this is the third and final part of our interview with writer-producer Ace Marrero. And um, in this chunk, we talk, um, I actually ask Ace about his experience with casting director workshops, because I know that he does them, paid casting director workshops, and he does them fairly regularly. And I believe he's had some success with them. So we chat a little bit about that as kind of a counterpoint to our episodes with Billy DeMota, which were really helpful and supportive, not just yeah. to us, but to, I know, a lot of our listeners as well have, have told us how much they enjoyed that. So uh, here's a little bit of a, of a lean in the other direction, maybe. It's good stuff. I'll let you kind of listen to it for yourselves. So enjoy this, guys, and we'll catch you on the other side. 
So um, we're we're getting tight on time, but I want sure. to ask you one more thing before mm-hmm. we get to our final, you know, infamous two questions. Sure. Because um, we just had, uh, I mean, your interview is now taking place right after we had two episodes with Billy Demota, who's mm-hmm. uh, notoriously yeah. anti-paid casting director workshop, right. and yet. I know you do a lot of paid casting director workshops, mm-hmm. and you've had some success with them. Sure. So, um, briefly, I wanted to get your your take and experience on it. Absolutely, um, absolutely. Because uh, I was, I've always been kind of like on the fence about them. I've done a couple. I've always been kind of icky. Mm-hmm. Billy really made some really good points uh, against doing them. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, here here I am sitting across from somebody right. who's been doing them, and and it's been great for him. So, yeah. tell me a little bit about your uh, your take on that. Sure. Yeah, and I, and I'm glad you mentioned that. I'll have to. I, I'm very curious to hear what, what, what Billy's, you know, shared about that, you know, from his perspective. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I've done them and I think, you know, it's one of those things overall, it's always like, yeah, like you said, it's a Nikki situation. You're like, well, okay, do we really want to pay for this or whatever? You know, like I did it sort of, I think when I first did my, my, you know, my, did my first couple workshops, I really didn't know much. Like I was just like, okay, I guess I'll just sign up for these things and do this one. And thankfully I'd signed up for a couple cool ones. Um, well, I, I, you know, I want to, I want to sort of make a connection. I'm trying to think what, what I can use as an example, but I guess here, here's one. I think like now today reels, you know, like when we first started, I think even when I first met you, it was always like only have a reel if you have good stuff. It's better to not have a reel than to have a bad reel. You know, like that was the general note. And I was like, okay, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to put one up then. Um, I don't believe in that anymore. I don't think we're in that time anymore because every device everyone has right now in their hands at some point, they have a camera that that will shoot high definition footage. So when I was casting our stuff and then interning at a couple of casting directors, I could see just then, and I was interning at Jeannie McCarthy's and, but I could sense then that was like three years ago and it's changed even more so now that it was becoming, it was getting to a point where they're like, whoa, it's so easy to have footage now. Why would you? Why not? do you not have footage? Sure. So I think that's totally different now. I think you have to be very specific. But now I think it's as you know, it's it's not a luxury anymore. You know, I think it's as important as a headshot, if not more, to be honest. Because I mean, how many times do we go into an audition? They don't even want a headshot. They want your picture of you a Polaroid in real life. <laughs> I can't remember the last time I brought a headshot, a right? printed headshot. Absolutely. I always scan my casting frontier casting. Totally. So whatever. I think video representation of yourself is is the thing that you need right now. Yeah. I absolutely. So I liken casting directors to that. Like, I think it was one of these things, these workshops where I think it was something where at the time it was like, I don't know. And, you know, people were still figuring it out, but I honestly don't think that, I don't think it's as important, but I think it's changed so much in that Mm -hmm. regard where I think they're, they're, they're very valuable. And since we have them and, and you, if you've never been in front of April Webster in six years that you've been in LA or her, any of her associates, it's like, why not? You can be. You know what I mean? Like maybe you don't want to pay $35 to do it, but you know what? Like, I don't know. Like I, I, I think it's always worth it to, to go in there and have that, 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 uh, that experience. And again, maybe it was just because of my experience. The first one I went on, it was for, uh, uh, Jeffrey Rush's office. Mm-hmm. He, he was doing Chuck at the time. Yeah. I'd gone in and you know, I did my scene or whatever. And then the guy was like, how come I've never seen you before? And I was like, uh, I don't know. He's like, you're really good. You should, you should have come across my desk by now. And he was like, who's your agent? And I told him, he's like, Hmm. He's like, you should be, you should have come across my desk. And that was all he said. And it was enough for me to know, like somebody was not doing their job. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm, Like mm -hmm. that was that. Well, I ended up going, uh, to work at Disney 
and I happened to mention that I'd just done a thing, and somebody there knew the casting director. And like, oh, yeah, I'm good friends with him. And I think they just said, hey, I think you saw one of my guys, you know, one of my friends. Well, I ended up getting an email. It was for Jeffrey Drew uh, at Jeffrey uh, – is it um, combining names? Patrick Rush. Yeah. And it was Jeffrey Drew. And he just, the email, the subject heading was agent. And he was just like, Hey, um, I don't know if you remember, you know, we, I met you at the workshop, thought you were great. Um, I think you should, you, you could have better representation. He's like, if you want, I can, I can put out a couple of calls for you. And wow. I was like, okay, yes. So he set me up with two agents and a cast and, um, I'm sorry, manager. Everyone, it went well with everybody, all three. It was up to me to decide. Now, the manager I didn't go with because they wanted me. It was one of those things they didn't want me to have. They wanted to represent me for commercial. you know. Like, And I was one of these things where it just didn't work out. I wanted to have specific people for everything, um, not be across the board somewhere. But I ended up getting my agent, which was a savage agency from them, which I was with for two years. So that alone was worth it for me, that 35 bucks that I spent to go in there. And then not only that, but that was a reputable office. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And have now be in relationship with him. So that same company, they had an agent and manager workshop, like, uh, you know, they do one once a month and it's just, it's the same price. You go in with a scene, you do your scene. Well, I went in because there were a couple agencies, but specifically managers. And I wanted to have a manager. I, I, I'm of the belief, like, I think it's good to have more people. You know, it's a numbers game for me. I feel like the more I go in for, the more likely I'm going to book. So if I can have a manager submitting me and an agent, I'm totally down with that. So I was looking for a manager and I went in. And she saw me perform. She wanted to work with me. And that was my manager for about a year and a half. Wow. So now two experiences of me using these casting director workshops, you know, to my, to my benefit. And then I've been called in also from them as well. Um, I recently, as recent as two weeks ago, I started going to a few again. I had been out of them for a while. And, you know, I've been doing other stuff, so I didn't need to. And I was going in a lot. So I, I, I was going into the offices I wanted to. But I realized Jeffrey Drew, who I hadn't been in for I hadn't seen since he first saw me at that other one. I was like, I haven't been into his office in a while. I haven't seen him. I was like, let me, let me just do one of his things to refresh, you know? Um, so I did it and I didn't even know if he was going to remember me at this point, to be honest. So I went in, I did my scene, you know, he, they come in, they do a Q and a and whatever. Right. I didn't did my scene. When I walked in for my scene, he was like, Hey, so how's it going? And I'm like, Hey man, and that was a nice <laughs> feeling. Right. And I was like, yeah. okay. He's like, he's like, I didn't want to single you out during the Q and A. He was like, I'm glad, glad you came. And I was like, thank you, you know. And and I did my scene. He was like, you know, great, you know. Like in in, in at Actors Key, it, it was they they give back feedback yeah, there. Form so I out. had it, and it was like, you know, it was the best thing I could have. You know, he was just like, uh, he, he essentially wrote to. He's like, he's like, you just need your break, and I'm so excited for you. I hope you get it soon. You know, that was simply simply he put. And I'm, I don't know, like for me, like whether he brings me in again or not, like that feedback from him was worth $35 for me to hear. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and like I said, that's, I'm not just doing it for a vanity thing or to just get pumped up like Pepco, you know, pep talk, but like I've been called in for them and I've had experience. I both agent and managers came from that and, 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 and seeing, uh, you know, and getting called in for, for roles. And I, maybe I didn't get that one, but we know we're not always, you know, we're not going in for this role. We're going in for the next one or the next one after that. So I've been called in from a casting director workshop who then I've been called in numerous times after, and it wouldn't have happened if I didn't go in for the first one, you know? So, so they've worked for you. They work for me, you know? And that's, that's the thing. It's like, you know, I always like to say at the end of the day, when people disagree, I'm like, dude, it's okay. Because you know what? Like if one thing worked for everybody, 
we would all be doing it right. and none of us right. would be having fun because we're right. all doing it, you know, right. but that's just it. You know, we, we all know friends that have agents that hate them and they don't do anything for them. And we all have friends with the same agency who they're glorious right. and they would never change yeah. them for a million years, you know? So again, not everything works for everybody, but you know, it's worked for me and, 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 and I've, and I know a lot of people who found value in, in what, what they've gotten from them. Yeah. You know, one of the reasons I think it's, it's working for you. I mean, what I'm hearing right off the bat is there's kind of, you've got kind of like the triple threat going. You're a really great people person. Thank you. Um, you do good work and you've got stuff going on outside of that workshop that you can kind of use to help kind of keep the momentum going. So Mm -hmm. when you go in, you're already showing what I think a lot of actors frankly don't show not not everybody but you know there's 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 different levels of actors we're all different places and we all have good and bad days but my experience with a lot of these workshops is is very few people show up the way you do Mm. um so i feel like if if as actors we could each make sure to you know make a conscious choice to be on our a game that day right just just relation wise like how i am with people Mm -hmm. not be in a mood not be in a funk but actually just be outgoing open b make sure that my work is excellent Mm -hmm. because we're in the super bowl of of acting here absolutely and then and then c have other stuff going on so that my 35 bucks that's riding on this workshop is not like oh i totally should i should have said the word the instead of the Mm -hmm. like you know if but that's i think whether you're in a workshop or not that's the key i mean we can't be attached (laughs) to it that's the hard thing that's the hardest thing to do you know it's like give yourself time to beat yourself up you know and once you get in the car to go home that's it it's over move on you know but um yeah you're 100 right and and consistently I hear feedback from some of these cast directors directors and they're just like guys we just want to see you be comfortable like mm-hmm. and that's what you're saying that personality like that's the you know they understand we understand like you know like and I, interning was the best thing it was the best tool I, I I feel like I ever did out here because it taught me so much I see all these aliases coming in I'm like they're worse auditioners than I am like because mm. they're nervous too they're human beings we all make those mistakes but they get it they know yeah we got the 13 pages the night before like we're not brain you know what I mean like we're not savants like we're we're gonna come in there a little uncomfortable or whatever you know so they get it like so I feel like personality just be chill be relaxed like you said do your work I always like to think of it like Meryl Streep it's like we can all sit there and think Meryl Streep, like she can read the phone book. She can read uh, sides for a commercial. She can do a guest star, a co-star, three lines on Law & Order. But like we all expect she's going to be Meryl Streep. Mm-hmm. She's not going to phone it in. She's going to do her thing. Yeah. You well, know that's what, I mean? what we pay to see her. We Absolutely. Pay to see Meryl Streep. But it's yeah. like we have to think like that. Like we have to go in there and give our version of that. Like yeah. you know what I mean? There can't be bad days. There's always going to be bad days. But I mean we have to do our best in that situation. And that's going to vary from experience to experience. We may be sick. We may have just been in a car accident. You may have been having a shitty day. Your you know your car's stolen. Whatever. But we still have to do you know our job as actors is to show up. If we're showing up, we could easily say I'm not going to go today. But yeah. if we're showing up, show up. You know yeah. what I mean? Just yeah. show up and do your thing. You know, it's not going to do anything for anybody if you don't. Yeah, and you know, so much of that has to do with just just all the other... That's just a way of living. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not something you can fake. It, it, it's it's really not, not, but there are little things, right? Like like you... And I love that you mentioned that, you know, you, you said that you feel like I go in it because I have other things going on. And I think that's true. That helps. Like, I've always tried to not be so attached to the material or to the audition. But you know what? Helping... The biggest, and you're 100% right, the biggest thing that I, I did to help me was doing my own stuff. Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I'm like, I may have had a shitty audition or I may have had a great audition or maybe they didn't, 
respond as I thought, but I'm like, you know what, whatever I, you know what, I'm going to go home. I got to go make some phone calls and, and hire some people for this film. We're going to shoot in a month. And it <laughs> wasn't a really an arrogant, powerful place to come it, from. Yeah. It wasn't an arrogant thing, but it's just, it was a, it, it taught me in that moment that I'm like, Oh, this is just not being attached. It's not about like saying, Oh, I got a film I'm doing. Yay. It's about, no, it's just a way for me to seriously let the, you know, like keep let myself off the hook. Yeah. And, and we can all do that. We can all be constantly doing our own material. And I think that that's the biggest thing I always tell people. I'm like, dude, just create your own content. Like it, it doesn't matter if it's a feature film. It doesn't matter if it's a short film or a web series or whatever it is. Like don't judge it because the minute you start to create it and you're focusing on that, like I said, the next audition you go into, it's just like, well, whatever. I get to go home and work on my, my, my show, you know, or I yeah. get to go home and, yeah. and email, you know, the, the director of who's going to do, you know I mean? It's just, we all need those little things, yeah. you know, and there's no judgment on how big or small they are. It's just doing them. You know, these people do not hold my future. In Absolutely, their hands. man. Absolutely. Cause, yeah. cause we all know that we can all use what they have to offer. But at the, at the end of the day too, like, you know, we're here and, and, you know, they're not going in and, and stoning us if we don't get the part. They're not killing us in the spot. We're going home and I'm going to go watch, you know, House of Lies or House of Cards, whatever it is, you know, continue on with my day. You know what I mean? But so we just have to remind ourselves of that. I feel like, you know, we're going to be okay. You know, we're going to be okay. This (laughs) isn't, this isn't life or death, you know, like we should play like it is, but when it's done, it's done. You know, we didn't Mm -hmm. get killed for not booking the part. Right. (laughs) Amen, dude. So, uh, we, two questions before we wrap up. Let's do it. We ask these of all our guests, uh, and they're a little bit out there, but, but, you know, bear with us. Uh, the first one is, um, do you feel like this career path chose you or do you feel like you chose it? Mm. Um, Good question. Did the career path chose me or did I choose it? Because you went to a vocational school and then all of a sudden you were at Stevens I, College and I then you did. were in the theater program. All of a sudden you were building sets, then you were on stage. And so was it, were you pulled there or did you push yourself up there? Well, I think I was always the class clown, always the class clown. I love being in front of people. I'm a Leo, you know, so we, we love to be in crowds and, and love to sort of be, um, like a leader of a crowd in a weird way. You know what I mean? So I, I, I definitely identify with that. Uh, I was also an athlete, so I was on stage, on that stage, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. since I was a kid. I was always in front of, the pe- of, of people, performing for people. Um, I always knew two things when I was a kid. Either I was I wanted to be a movie star or an, a, a famous athlete. Those were the only two things that I knew, you know? So, and if you break it down, it's like, well, on stage of some sort, you know? Right. Um, I didn't have theater, uh, or we didn't have plays and stuff at any of my schools growing up, so I didn't really have that available to me, but I had sports. Uh, and it wasn't until I graduated high school, my parents didn't want me to join the military because that was what I was going to do. You know, I was going to, I was lo- going to join the military so I can be an electrician, but also play sports in their branch. Wow. And they didn't want me to do that. And they kind of had a, you know, we had a long talk and they presented to me, you know, they were like, well, what about, you know, you always wanted to be an actor. Like, why don't you try to do that? And I mean, that was just from my parents. And then we both decided, we're like, okay, well, then let's try to go to this community college and I'll take theater classes. And that was just kind of how it started. And I played sports my first year of college, but then I realized, okay, I'm not going to be a pro at this. And I really love this theater thing. Let's t- it's time to focus. And I started wow. stage managing. I stage managed for about a year and a half. That's where I think also, again, that producing mentality kicked mm-hmm. in. So I was already directing and doing these things like that. Uh, and then I finally found the, the right window to jump into, to jump on stage. And then I, I never looked back, but I, so I definitely think I, I, I pursued it for sure. I mean, it's always been, you know, part of my, my DNA in some way, I suppose. Very cool. Yeah. Right on. And then the second question, mm-hmm. and, um, 
I feel like you've answered this already okay. uh, over the course of our conversation, but uh, I'm going to ask it anyway. If you if you could boil all of your experience um, down into one nugget of advice to give to somebody, mm. um, maybe they're a new actor, maybe they're a seasoned actor, maybe they're maybe they're old, maybe they're young, whatever right. it is. What would that one nugget of advice you would impart be? You know, just the one thing comes to mind instantly, at least. So I, I'll just go with that. Is just you know, always be working, man. Like I, I, I you know. Like I said, I, 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 I still, when things are slow and if I'm not in class and I can't afford a class, I, then I will sit there and for like two or three weeks actively submit for student films and, and, and things that I know that they're going to be more likely to bring me in for just because I have more credits. It's not about anything aside from like using sort of what we've already established and saying, well, hopefully at least I can, they can find value in that and bring me in for an audition just so I can practice, you know? So that's always working. And, and, and I said this earlier today and, and, you know, my acting coach, you know, Tom said this something and I never forgot it. And I, I think it's always worth sharing is that as actors, actors as artists, um, are notoriously under rehearsed. Like you have, uh, uh, um, musician, they don't just show up to Carnegie hall and, and expect to play, you know, they practice for hours, hours, hours a day, you know, every day, you know, uh, of the week. Painters paint hours and paint, you know, multiple paintings. Singers sing, you know, like all these different artists practice their craft every day. And it's the reason why the successful ones are masters, you know, actors though, and I'm guilty of it. We will sit there and say, like, I, I'll ask this randomly to friends sometimes. I'm like, when's the last time you rehearsed a monologue just for the sake of rehearsing a monologue? Or just picked up a set aside and said, let me just try to rehearse this just for myself. Like, yeah. we don't do that, you know? I, and maybe I'm just generalizing, but I think it's fair to say, like, you know, we will rehearse when we get the material. Either we're, we're doing a play or we get an audition and we're like, okay, let's let's work on it. But what, but what are we always doing to, to, to strengthen our skills? And it's like an athlete. Athletes always practice too, you know? But actors as artists are notorious for just not doing that. You know what I mean? Not working like, like going to work out, you know, is not the same as like working on material and being ready to do that. You know what I mean? Like it's a working out, you know, helps the tool of our body, you know what I mean? As an actor, but it's not like the process of, of, of what we're doing, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think always be working applies to, 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 to that, you know, always be thinking about it. Like, you know, getting involved, like you, like you said, uh, and I touched on it earlier, just, you know, think of, you know, we know tons of people that are just talented in different ways. And that was how I ended up going to that SAG foundation thing. Cause I was like, I think I want to just pull together a group of people, actors, directors, writers, whatever, and just do something. I don't know how. And then I was like, Oh, there's a producing thing. Let me just go to that, you know, and see what I can pick up from that and maybe use if I find this group of people. And then it would put me in that mindset where when the opportunity presented itself to produce our films, it worked. But I mean, I'm always thinking about working, always thinking about how I can keep busy. And, you know, if somebody approaches me like, Hey, you want to do this, this, this shoot, you know, we're going to shoot, you know, we only need you for one day. It's not going to be paid, but it'll be a fun little script. I'll look at it. And it's like, dude, if this is something I haven't done and it's, or it's somebody that I really want to work with or a good friend of mine, I'm like, dude, I'll, I'll absolutely, I'd rather be on set than not doing it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So yeah. that's the first thing I, I, I think, and, and especially whether, and I think that applies to whether you're young, old, or experienced or not, like we can always be doing something to work towards that. You know, I, I the, the one thing for me is I, I just, I, I, I don't think we should ever like wait by the phone, you know, and, and, and to simplify it even further, like the scariest thing to me is just being somebody with a lot of potential. 
Hmm. Wow. You know, and that, that's kind of how I always look at it. And it's like, I don't want to just be that person that just has potential, you know? Right. Right. Wow. Wow. Well, damn. That, <laughs> that, that last one really actually baked my noodle a little bit. That really hit me. Yeah. Wow. That's huge. Um, Ace, thank you so much. Thank man. you for I, having I, me. I, I wish we had another like three hours. <laughs> I, I even I even have more I want to ask you. Oh, but, um, anytime, man, anytime. Uh, really appreciate you taking the time coming out here and 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 sitting down with us. Um, if people want to find out more about you, be in touch with you, follow sure. you, whatever, where can they go? Yeah, um, uh, my Twitter handle is at Notori Ace, like Notorious, but Ace instead of the O U S. Um, I, my website is acemorel.com. Um, I'm on Facebook. Um, you just search my name. You can find me. I'm the, I'm the only one I believe. Um, yeah, I'm out there, man. Like it, it, I'm nothing if not easily available online. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> right on, man. Yeah. Cool. Well, we'll make sure we throw links to that on our website. Cool. And if there's a, a, um, a website for roadside or, oh yeah, or absolutely. County. I'd love to share the trailer and, yeah. and stuff of our films. Cool. Yeah. That'd be yeah great. We'll definitely link those up too. So, Sweet. uh, thanks again, dude. Thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Alrighty, welcome back. Um, oh, sayonara and farewell to Mr. another Mr. Morero. Yeah, another awesome, awesome guest. We'll, uh, you know, we always we we we've said this, uh, and it's only happened once. Uh, but we've got to, you know, have people back on when their you know projects are hitting and something new is happening. I'm finding, uh, you know, remember we had a conversation when we first started this podcast around like episode nine or ten. You and I sat down, and I think you said. Are you ever afraid that we'll run out of stuff to talk about? <laughs> and I've found now we're in you know we're in triple digits now, and yeah. the interviews that we're having actually seem to go longer than they used to go. Like there's more to talk about the more we kind of delve into this. Yeah, well, you know what you know what ends up happening, I think, is we end up being inspired by the interviews themselves, meaning past interviews, and we start asking guests questions based on things that we've learned yeah. from past interviews yeah exactly you know i mean so like something will come up with like you know it's like a it's like a it's like a paradigm shift interview like a mark gant or like a uh, alan barton or like uh, a mark atterbury or an emily rose where like things will things will like shift our perspective and then we want to know what the next person thinks about that perspective. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. And so it ends up, <laughs> it's like a snowball. It, so it's like a the snowball Mark effect. Atterbury said. <laughs> well, we don't say that. We yeah, don't say but that, that's, but it's like, a, it's like a snowball effect. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's interesting. But uh, hopefully we people are finding it valuable and not like, uh, three parts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I hope so, too. Cool, man. So, uh, um, picks, picks of, the, of week. the week. Now, you have an awesome one um, that I actually wanted to talk about on the show. So, let's devote most of the time to that because... Um, okay, well, then you do yours first and we'll go to that and then we'll play um, okay. the voicemail. Okay. Cool. So, uh, my pick of the week, real fast, another hat tip to uh, Mr. Ben Whitehair, good friend of the show and uh, actor extraordinaire. Ha- uh, it's a uh, it's an app called Way of Life, and it's an iPhone app right now, I believe. I don't know if there's an Android version. Do you know? I don't. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's pretty cool. It's essentially a, a way to track your 
habits, the things you say you want to do. I want to floss every night. I want to read for 30 minutes a day. I want to work out five days a week, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You create uh, habits in this app and then you track them every day. Did I do it? Did I not do it? Or did I skip it for whatever reason? Like, is, should I just skip today because I was working all day, for instance? So it doesn't count. Whatever it is. And then over time, there's a couple different ways in the app to actually view your progress as a chart, as a percentage, uh, as a graph. And it's a really kind of easy, intuitive way to not only track that stuff, but then also journal about it. So if I missed a workout day where I said I was going to work out, or I missed a week where I said I was going to work out and I didn't, I can put a little note in there and attach it and say, uh, I didn't work out because this happened or this was, you know, quote unquote, in the gap. Uh, it's in, in between what I declared and then what actually happened. So it's a really um, awesome app. And I, I downloaded the free version and I paid the f- five bucks, I think it was, to actually unlock it so you can add unlimited habits. And I found it um, not only kind of fun to kind of reflect on your life and get into the numbers a little bit of how you're living your life and spending your time, but also really, really supportive. Like, I don't want to break my flossing chain. So I've been flossing now for months. Actually, I was using Lyft before, which was a previous pick of the week, but now I've transferred everything to Way of Life. And uh, I have like my teeth fucking rock right now because <laughs> you know? I've been so on it because I've been tracking it every day on my phone. You, t- it's, you, it's, you totally just went into like infomercial mode. You're like, you're like, my teeth are rocking. Thanks, Way of Life. And then you smile and there's bing. like a little bing. <laughs> yeah, seriously. That's but, hilarious. Yeah, but it's it's been awesome. So, uh, Ben, thank you for bringing that uh, another awesome thing into my world. And uh, I hope our listeners check it out and, and get as much kind of usefulness out of it as, as we have. I just jumped on their website, and it is iOS only. So. Okay, so it's only for iPhones and iPads right now. Yeah, apologies to our uh, Android users out there, mm-hmm. Android listeners. I'm sure there's something similar in the uh, Android marketplace. Well, is Lyft a... Uh, Lyft is good. It, it's, it's On Android? Uh, I believe so. Okay. Yeah. And well, it's, it's a little different. It's not quite as um, comprehensive feedback as far as your habits go, but Lyft is, I still use Lyft for a couple different things actually as well. So um, use them both. There or you go. Just use Lyft if you don't have an iPhone. <laughs> anyway, um, so your pick of the week, which I'm excited to talk about. Yeah. my my I actually have been excited as I watched this develop, but longtime listener, supporter, uh, Helena, is it Helena or Helena? I, it looks like Helena to me. The two ends, maybe. Uh, she's gonna hate us. Yeah. Uh, call the podcast. Leave your complaints there. Uh, Helena Santos Levy or Levy. <laughs> she probably yeah. like gets this all the time in auditions and like is constantly correcting people. Anyway, um, <clears throat> she started this online magazine essentially called Miss in the Biz. So it's at msinthebiz.com. They also have a Facebook page, which is just facebook.com slash missinthebiz. Um, and it's an online magazine dedicated to women in the entertainment industry. So it's uh, written by women, for women. But of course, you know, men like Trevor and I have been getting tremendous value out of it. You can go on there, read the articles, che- uh, check out the videos. Um, there's a, she has a, a, a YouTube channel associated with it. Um, past guests we've had on the show, like, uh, Taryn O'Neill have, uh, a, you know, she's like a dedicated writer. Yeah. yeah. She's got a blog post, you know, blog post up there. She's one of the contributors. Anyway, such a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant idea. Um, and really well executed, well executed. The website looks fantastic. The content is valuable. Um, it looks great. It, 
functions well. The community that's cropped up around it has been amazing. She just and had it their launched today. They just had their uh, oh, that's right. Yeah, today is the official launch. And day. already it feels like a <clears throat> movement. Well, she yeah, because she's been building it, building it, building it. They had a uh, they had a. Uh, 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 a launch party last Wednesday, I think, uh, which was associated with, um, what was it? Film Films, break? Film snobbery. Does film, that sound right? No. It's film snobbery.com or no film break or something like that. Film break. Film snobbery. There is a film snobbery. Thing. Really? Yeah. Oh, all right. I don't think that was it, but all right. I don't know. <laughs> no, I, I, no, just I think it's film, film, film breaker. Okay. I think, was, I think you're right. It's called, um, but they yeah had a launch party and a you know ton of people showed up uh, to that I I wasn't able to go because of birthday festivities but um, anyway uh, you know it's just it's such a smart idea it, you know it's it's uh, obviously like I said before it's targeted for women which I think is fantastic and I think that um, there gets to be a place a product a resource like this for women in the entertainment industry because you know they uh have been a force to be reckoned with in the entertainment industry for Mm -hmm. a long time and it just keeps growing um i remember the first time i ever became conscious of that being a thing was when uh nicole kidman won for the hours right the oscar and she got up um and during her speech she said keep writing interesting characters for women mm-hmm. like there are some amazing female actors out there and like they get to have just as many uh opportunities to portray amazing complex varied characters as as men and um <clears throat> i was pretty young at the time so it was the first time that that sort of clicked for me and now you've got you know female uh, uh you know directors like um you know, Sofia Coppola, obviously, um, uh, what's her name from, uh, zero dark 30. Like, yeah. Catherine Bigelow. Catherine Bigelow. I mean, it, you know, it is a, they are, a, like I said, a force to be reckoned with in the entertainment industry and they, uh, you know, deserve to have a resource like this. So yeah. I, like, I just can't, I'm like gushing over, over it. Cause I think she just did such an amazing job with it. I have admired, uh, Helena for a long time. She's really a, a mover, a shaker. She's a visionary. She's she's always up to something exciting. Um, she's always positive. She's everywhere on social media. Mm-hmm. And this is a really well-executed, smart, easily consumable, kind of n- needed uh, kind of piece of content or several pieces of content, ongoing content, whatever you want to call it. And there's a million ways that she can spin this to build her brand, to build it into a business, to, mm-hmm. you know, build rock solid relationships with amazing people. I mean, it's congrats, Helena. It's, it's really awesome. You've got, uh, we're fans, we're fans and we're dudes. Who would have thought, you know? <laughs> um, so well done. Well done. So I think then, uh, we have one more listener or one more pick of the week from a listener yeah uh, our listener pick of the week uh comes to us via voicemail from uh, mr george uh, savage been on the podcast before yeah hi there uh george savage calling and gosh uh, glad to hear you're on the men trevor what a terrible accident um i was gonna call when i first heard about it to to uh, tell you guys about a cause I've been involved in for a long time. Actually, I put off my acting career for about four years to help with the uh, campaign in California for single-payer universal health care. It's called California One Care. And uh, you can get some information on it at californiaonecare.org. It's a, uh, it's been a, 
campaigns that have been going on for a number of years in California to eventually you know, get rid of private insurance companies and really uh, give us Medicare for all uh, kind of coverage. Uh, boy, people do need health you know, care, and especially actors uh, who aren't working regularly all the time. And um, uh, by the way, the uh, SAG Foundation was a big supporter, has been a big supporter of our uh, One Care campaign here in California. Uh, so check it out uh, when you get a chance, CaliforniaOneCare.org. Okay, thanks. Bye. George, uh, all I have to say is, God bless you. <laughs> right? This, I'm looking at the website right now, CaliforniaOneCare.org, and it is uh, what the world, and especially our nation, needs right now. Not only a service like this, and I'm well acquainted with the pitfalls of not having health insurance or being uninsured uh, in times of crisis or catastrophe, but um, it's what people need. And this is just a paradigm of taking care of one another. Like we need a, a societal infrastructure that reflects that. And right now we don't, we have a societal infrastructure that reflects me Profit. versus you. Profit and me versus you rather than, um, fuck profit. We're all in this together. Mm-hmm. You know, like let's open our hearts to each other. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's what this movement is about. That second one. And so check it out. California one care.org. It's, uh, it's, it's a really, really wonderful movement to be involved with. Um, we'll be supporting it. And I hope that our listeners will too. Thank you, George. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. So on that note, Wow. Episode 103. Wrap it up. Hot damn. Um, <laughs> um, lots of different ways for our listeners to uh, get in touch with, interact, and support the podcast. Get in touch with, interact with, and support the podcast. Uh, first off, head to our website, InsideActingPodcast.com, where you can leave a comment on one of the episode posts. Leave a voicemail for us at our listener line, which you'll see on the site, but also just for reference, that's 2132-ACTORS, 2132228677. And, of course, you can send us an email at InsideActingPodcast at gmail.com. We're also on Twitter and Facebook, uh, twitter.com slash InsideActing, facebook.com slash InsideActing. Special note yeah. about Facebook. Um, <clears throat> they are changing things as Facebook is wont to do uh, <laughs> and always doing. Uh, they're changing things and they're uh, some of the changes are affecting pages, uh, meaning Facebook pages, um, and one of the things that you now must do is go on to a page you're interested in, like Inside Acting. Hint, hint, wink, wink. <clears throat> There's a little like uh, gear for the settings of that page. Is that yeah. right? Looks it's like on the right. It's on the right hand side, right on next the right to the, hand side. the like button. And when when you click on it, there's a an option that says "Add to Interests List," and if yeah. you don't put a check mark next to that, you will not get our updates in your feed. Yeah, as silly as that is. So if you've been getting them up to this point, and you're wondering where they've all gone to, <clears throat> it may be because you haven't done that yet. Yeah, I can understand the need for this. I'm sure there were a lot of people complaining about information overload and that kind of thing. Um, so then don't so, like a page. Yeah, right. sorry, I right. <laughs> <laughs> Do I really need to like the Oreos page? Exactly. Come on. Come on. Now I got all these Nabisco sponsored uh, updates in my feed. It just get, it just gets so it's like what is that? like Yeah. I don't understand anyway, it seems like a lack of personal <laughs> responsibility, but I'm I'm not going to I'm not going to rant um 
We'll get Mark Zuckerberg on the podcast to explain himself. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> he'll be like, he'll be, yeah, we're like, we're like, we're gonna, we're gonna get him on here. We're gonna grill him, and we get him on. He's like, so I just donated a million dollars to your podcast. Right. <laughs> By the way, I'd like to buy you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you buy got sucked. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. Uh, so, so yeah, uh, make sure you guys do that if you'd like to stay on top of uh, our Facebook page updates. And then as well, you can um, let, uh, rate us on iTunes. A little five-star rating and review helps us a lot. It uh, also helps people kind of trust that what they're subscribing to is quality content. Same with actorrated.com. And then lastly, if you'd like to support the podcast in a very tangible financial way, uh, this podcast costs money to produce. And um, we long ago gave up trying to pay for everything ourselves because that's just <laughs> not a realistic uh, or supportive thing to be doing. So uh, we rely on listener donations completely at this time. So if you like the show and you'd like to see it continue, uh, kick a few bucks our way. You can hit the donate button on our website and donate once any amount that you see fit. Or you can become a patron, which is a recurring monthly donation at 3 5 10 or $20. Uh, currently, and then uh, and then you'll get a little bio and headshot on our Patreon page, as well as some cool perks that are coming your way. We promise very soon. So um, please, uh, if you get value out of this thing we do, show your love, show your support, kick us a few bucks. Goes a long way for us. Show your love. You like my little I don't. Song? I don't know the song. Did you just write that just now? No, it was like the the more you know, NBC. The more you know. Oh. That was good. Show your love. <laughs> so for episode 103, that does it. I'm Trevor Alga. I'm AJ Meyer. We'll see you next week. And in the meantime, don't get zucked. <laughs>